Welcome in, welcome in to the Dynasty Mafia podcast. I'm your host, Antonio Denisi, along with me, my brother from another mother, Keenan Jimajic, and also our other co-host, my actual brother, Eric Denisi. How are we tonight, fellas? Good, good. Good. How about you, Antonio? I'm fantastic. I am fantastic. I am so glad to be here. Our inaugural episode for the Mafia and, uh, you know, I just, I, uh, I hope whoever's listening out there just uh, really gets some enjoyment and, and some education from us, uh, whatever, whatever education that may be, I guess we'll, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, so how, uh, let's talk a little bit about ourselves. Keenan, how long, how long have you been playing fantasy for? Um, it's been about, I want to say 14, 15 years, you know, uh, I've been, you know, started real small in the four four league back back in the day, freshman year, fourteen league, and uh, now it's now it's grown into fifteen leagues, um, and a few dynasty leagues. Um, it, it consumes a lot of my time, uh, but I started like I said freshman year, and uh, I remember a little story. I won't take up uh, that much time here, but uh, when we were freshmen, me and Antonio um, just we didn't even know each other at the time and Tuesday, Tuesday morning, didn't know how many touchdowns Antonio Gates scored for chargers on Monday night football. And, uh, I'm walking, I'm running up and down. I'm running up and down, uh, hallway and, and, um, trying to find out how many touchdowns Antonio Gates, you know, scored that night, that, that night prior. And, and there's Antonio, he scored two and I gave Antonio the biggest hug. And that's when, uh, I guess our friendship started and um and then uh you know and here we are 14 years later 15 years later yeah what a great run what a great run it's been um it's it's been a good time being able to know you that long and it seems like almost you know just yesterday yeah <laughs> it's kind of kind of crazy yeah so i've uh i've been playing just about the same same amount of time uh yeah, I don't I don't have any any crazy story uh from memory just you know I played my first year uh with some more uh, veteran veteran uh people and I wound up coming in third that year and, and I was kind of hooked and I've only just gotten more hooked ever since uh and I started playing dynasty about 5 years ago started the league with the three of us and some friends and uh now I'm up to about 13 so I, I really, really like, really love Dynasty, and uh, I'm excited to, I'm excited to talk about it. Let's hear from you, Eric. Yeah, um, I've been playing fantasy probably about 12 years. Uh, Dynasty only about five years, um, but ever since we started, I've been absolutely in love with it. I'm trying to transition more into just Dynasty, um, and you know what really got me into fantasy, to be honest, was. Probably was Sean McCoy. Um, back in his days with the Eagles, I remember drafting him second overall. Um, and that year I won the championship. And ever since that, I've just been in love with it. So, so yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, we're, uh, we're three guys from Buffalo, New York. Just, uh, like I said, just excited to, to get together and, and talk about football. So, speaking of all that, we did just have a draft. What did what did you guys think about it? I know it was a little different than normal, and obviously uh, exciting with 
with a lot of the spots that some players went. But uh, why don't you just give me a little quick summary and your thoughts about the draft? I thought the NFL did a great job, you know, for the what was go, what's going on in the world, obviously. And um, the only the only the only thing that really bugged me was that before every pick, Goodell's like, "Come on, Bills fans, come on, Patriot fans." Just that 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 was really you know annoying, I guess. But I thought I thought they did a great job. Uh, I love I'm a big March Madness fan. I love seeing like players' reactions and watching every player get drafted. Um, you know, it was a little different because this year actually we saw every player get drafted, and you've seen all the raw emotion from these guys. And it's, like I said, you know, I, I love March Madness, and that's where all the emotion comes from in, in those basketball games. And being able to see it live TV during the NFL was, you know, was a little – it brought a tear to my eye. Aw. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that, yeah, this draft, though, um, I jump in here. This, this draft was – I think it was everything that they promised to be honest. I mean, there was a ton of great landing spots, I think, even with these wide receivers, um, especially the running backs. It's top five guys who would have thought literally everyone would be landing in the top five landing spots. You know what I mean? Um, so, and then I, like Keenan said, I think, you know, the virtual draft, they actually did it very well. Uh, some people were complaining from some of the lags and whatnot, but. I mean, I mean that's expected to happen. Yeah, <laughs> like. There's not really much they can do about that. It was their first time doing it. I think it was ran very well, and I'd be interested in watching another virtual draft, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it shattered records, as they as they pointed out. And, yeah, the only lag I would complain about is, is as Keenan mentioned, was when the players got drafted, we kind of saw the little – we saw the cameras, but it was a little late from – yeah, it would show. Kind of they were going it would show with. them before they got the phone call. Yeah, like, which was after they were picked. Yeah, and then five. It's understandable. That's yeah, it's understandable. Yeah, but yeah, but I mean, those are some. That's something they could, you know, fix fix for the next time if they have to. But overall, yeah, but I thought there was going to be a lot more problems, but but it was actually ran very well. I agree. Yeah, I love that sweater Goodell had. He was he was definitely getting- a boss in that basement. As the draft went on, he, less clothes started coming off. More, more clothes started coming off. By the end, he was in the T-shirt. I'm like, what's going on? Gets warm. It gets warm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, carrying off of the draft, uh, we're going we're gonna to run over our consensus top ten here to get us started. Uh, now, this is, this is our top ten for, for our, our rookie draft, uh, basically what our rankings would be. And – we're going to run through them and just kind of go from there. So what we want to do is we're going to start off with our number one, and that's going to be Mr. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, the Prince of Belair, the Prince of Hilaire himself. Uh, and I think we're going to have uh, Eric start us off talking about uh, Clyde. Uh, yeah, Clyde. Um, this guy is very interesting because he was actually my number five running back pre-draft. Um, which silly me, I should have known. Um, I should have had him higher. I, I, I even thought about it before, but I didn't. You know, this guy, he's clearly the best passing running back in the class. Um, he's got good vision. You know, he can make those cuts without slowing down. He's got that jump cut that just makes everybody miss. 
Um, and, um, you know, this guy, he, if you look at his schedule, he faced eight of the top 20 defenses and he still produced the way he produced. Um, yeah, he was in the best offense in, you know, college history, but, you know, he, he still put up those stats. He had, I want to say 1400 rush yards. Um, how many receiving yards did he have? I had it here somewhere. Well, last year? Yeah. Yeah, he had 450 on 55 catches, 453. But yeah, but still 55 catches, uh, you know, for a college running back, that's great. Um, but like I said, he's the best receiving back in this in this class. Going to Kansas City, the number one landing spot in the draft. Um, Andy Reid already said, you know, he's better than Westbrook was on film. Um, he's ready to get him in this offense, cut him loose. And, you know, I'm just very excited to see what he can do. Um, I think you're looking at a guy that's going to be getting at least 70 to 80 catches a year in this offense. He's going to be the workhorse there. Uh, Andy Andy Reid throughout history has always used one guy, so I'm not worried about any kind of, you know, workload split. I'm not worried about Damian Williams. Um, so, yeah, this guy's my number one. I, I, would, I would agree with Eric. Um, he's definitely my number one as well. Uh, you know, Eric pretty much touched on touch base on everything that I was going to touch base on. He, the one name that he said there that's very important in my opinion is Andy Reid. Um, this guy has made running backs into superstars. He's taken um, LaShawn McCoy in the fifth or fourth round, made him a, a superstar. Um, Brian Westbrook uh, was also one of his running backs that you, that you, uh, Eric mentioned. You know he's a little smaller than than Mr. Hilaire here, but he, but he made him into a superstar. And and honestly, I don't I don't see I don't see Hilaire being a bust in an Andy Reid offense, especially with you know the MVP of the Super Bowl running running things in the back in behind center there, and then Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, a couple other you know even. Even uh, Kareem Hunt had a, had a great year with, with Andy Reid. And, you know, if it wasn't Kareem Hunt's off-the-field off issues, you know, maybe Hilaire wouldn't be a, a chief right now. But I have, I have the first pick overall in two leagues and woke up, woke up today and at the draft list today in both those leagues, he'd be my number one. Yeah, and speaking to Pat Mahomes, they called Pat Mahomes and they were like, hey, who do you want? And he wanted Clyde Edward Delaire. So yeah. that just speaks. He wanted him. Andy Reid wanted him. The owner wanted him. The GM wanted him. Everybody wanted him. They loved this guy. They're excited to get him in that offense. They um, all love him and they're not gonna not use him. That's what that's what yeah. you know. I could see him being getting close to, you know, Christian McCaffrey numbers. Not saying he will. I'm just saying he can get very close in those in, in, yeah. in even even if not, if he can get Kareem Hunt numbers. Yeah. That's yeah. still, you know, a top five running back. You're gonna get your money's worth, you know, and that's yeah. and that's and that's why where I'm standing at one if I'm holding one in first pick overall in the draft, I'm not trading out of it unless I'm getting a Brinks truck pulled into uh my driveway out back here. Um, so <laughs> Yeah, I already know about that one. Yeah, so uh what about you, Antonio? What do you think here? So I'm I'm not as high as the two of you are on him. I mean uh, 
you're going to hear it from us, I'm sure. Like, we're probably going to change these guys around a lot before we get to August because there's a lot of good talent. But right now I actually have him at four. And he, he he compares a lot to me like like Mark Ingram when I watch him play. And I really – I think he is the best the best catcher in the class for running backs. And, and like, I'll just echo kind of what you guys said. You know, he's got a very low center of gravity. And, and he really does make the first guy miss so often. And he's just got great ball security, and, and he's 207 pounds. I mean, that's that's a big guy for being 5'7". So I, I think he's really good, but... That's why I'm not really worried about the size either, because he's, yeah. you know, he's stocky. You know, he could take those hits. Um, Brian Westbrook was bigger than him, you know? Exactly. And, and but the thing with me is I think what people are going to rely on, though, is the high touchdowns for him to get what you want. Because you're going to get receptions. You absolutely are, but you're going to expect over double digit every year. And that's what I'm hoping he can get. Now, what I think he can mirror is probably what Mark Ingram's season was in 2017 with New Orleans, which was 230 carries, 1,124 yards, 12 touchdowns on the ground and 58 catches for another 400 yards. And I'm sure he'll get a few touchdowns. I mean, I'm sure, like you said, he'll get in probably the 60, 70 range. So you're probably looking at 15, 1600 total yards and hopefully double digit touchdowns. I mean, yeah, he's going to be good. But I think the other talent here is, as we'll talk about it, is also really good. Uh, so with oh, that, yeah. I do oh, want absolutely. Yeah, with I, I think you guys definitely hit the nail on the head with him. Um, he's definitely going to be good. And uh, to move well, over to well, hey, here we are. <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to move over to my number one actually, and that's Jonathan Taylor, the running back uh, with the Indianapolis Colts. So they took him in the second round. And I, I just think he went to the exact spot he needed to go. And that was – he's a big guy. He's 5'11", 219. He's just uh, – he's got an amazing production in college. He's got a couple 2,000-yard seasons. He's got uh, a lot of touchdowns. He's just shown it all. And he had an amazing offensive line in college. And he's going to move over to that same thing. He's got the most rushing yards through uh, a junior season in NCAA history, uh, 12 games, 200-plus yards. I mean, there's just so much you, you're obviously hearing about him. And I just think he's going to come right in, knock out uh, Marlon Mack, unfortunately. And I think Naheem Hines will probably be that third down back for the most part. But but JT is going to get the ball. And uh, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's – and you, you mentioned he had a couple uh, seasons over 2,000. Even his freshman year, he had 1,977, you know, so he was right there. So three years at 2,000 yards. Uh, the production this kid put out is just absolutely insane. Everyone's going to say, you know, he had that awesome offensive line. Um, but He has another awesome yeah, yeah, and he's going to another great offensive line. But but what I want to say to that is how many of these college running backs have had amazing offensive lines and how many of them were top five all-time college running backs? You know, yeah. um, that doesn't just happen. Um, he's got great vision. You know, he can get through the smallest holes. Um, and he's got that breakaway speed. You know, once he's, once he's in the open, you're not catching him. Um, he's going to be great in this Colts offense, I think. He's gonna knock Mac probably in training camp. I think he'll be he'll be named the starter. Um, maybe not, but 
I don't think I don't think the Colts want Mac at all. They're ready to move on from him. Um, they're bringing in they're bringing in their new guy. Um, and yeah, I'm not really too worried about the passing passing game because I do think he can he can catch some balls. I'm not really too worried about that. He showed in 2019 that he can do that. Um, and Philip Rivers is going to want to check down to him. So so yeah, he's my number. Uh, he's my number f- uh, three. He's Number four. He's my number four, actually. Um, but we'll talk about who I have ahead of him later. Yeah, I, you know, if, if you trade for Marlon Mack, I feel bad for you. Um, <laughs> Frank Wright just got his guy in there. Um, Drat, he, Marlon Mack will either be traded before the season starts or he'll be uh, let go at the end of the year. Um, just like like we mentioned before the, before the draft, I was so worried um, with the whole offensive line thing that Eric mentioned. And this couldn't be a more perfect spot for him. He's got a veteran run or running back. He is a running back, veteran quarterback, running running the offense there in Philip Rivers and that great offensive line. He's gonna produce. My concern with him, he might not produce year one, is if Marlon Mack is still there. Um, and I have him at two because I think he's gonna. I, I think that eventually he's gonna be the number one as the year goes on. Um, but after this year, he's going to be the true number one with Hines running, running on third downs. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I'm I really just I think Mac is supplanted because Mac only costs like two and a half million bucks. It's not like he's worth worth much. That's going to be detrimental to them. They really could cut him if they want, but I'm sure they'll want him as depth. But also, they did run the ball the fourth most times uh, last year, so uh, they are they do have that going for them. And, yeah, like you said, Wright got his guy. I don't think it's a coincidence. Uh, you know, played where Melvin Gordon played, coming out of Wisconsin. So, he's – and he obviously was the offensive coordinator with the Chargers for a few years playing with Melvin Gordon. I think we're going to see some really good things out of him. So, let's go to our uh, our third uh, consensus. That's going to be J.K. Dobbins, running back for Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I've got him as my third. Uh, Eric, who's got him as his second, uh, and then Keenan's got him as his fifth. So I want to hear, I want to hear Eric's case for him at number two. Uh, oh yeah, I I'm absolutely in love with J.K. Dobbins. Um, I absolutely love his landing spot. Um, I think he's gonna be great there with Lamar. Uh, you know, this guy I consider I had him number one before the draft too. Um, you know, he's he's just that guy who can do everything. I feel like he's going to be good in the passing game. He's not the best, but he's going to be just fine there. Um, he's going to be, you know, just that guy that's going to be an elite, elite, every, every down guy. Um, at least I believe so. He's got great vision. Um, you know, he's always, he's always gaining those extra yards. You know, there's a, there's a play I saw him. He's, he's just 180 degrees. His body is over this pile. And his legs are in the air, and he's still chopping them, trying to gain those extra yards. He's always falling forward. Um, he makes guys miss. He can get out in the open field, and he's he's got pretty good speed. Um, so, so yeah, I love him uh, landing in Baltimore. I know everyone's worried about Ingram, but you know he's on the other side of thirty now. Um, if they cut him after June first, I believe they can save four million. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, the only reason he's not my number one is because I do think Ingram's going to be there for another year, but next year if they cut Ingram, they'll save five million. 
So I think that's definitely going to happen. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I have them at five. You know, I was absolutely shocked when the Ravens took them. They have a pretty crowded backfield there with Ingram, um, Gus Edwards, and Justice Hill. Is, is that Justice his name? Hill, yeah. Um, but doing some research on him and, you know, coming across you know, this one stat that had me, that had me, you know, Okay, I agree with the pick. The Ravens ran the most RPO rushing attempts last year. Dobbins in his career in college has run 57% of his plays were RPO. 171 carries altogether. So it's a yep. secret. Um, so it's perfect with that. You know, I'm not a big Lamar Jackson fan because I think he needs to figure out, you know, the passing game down the sidelines. But it's perfect with with the with the double rushing attack that Lamar Jackson and and you know Dobbins can bring to the Ravens and if it works it's scary because it's going to be very scary I do, it, I do it in Madden and it works for me so I don't I don't see why <laughs> mind the Ravens yeah. be able to figure it out but you know Dobbins he's he's a proven winner you know he he went to a power five high school um, he was a four-star recruit he had a great college um, career He's gonna be good. I, I, yeah, and uh, I just want to mention one more thing. I I, I said earlier, Alaire um, uh, he faced uh, eight of the top twenty defense, but it was actually Dobbins. Uh, I had it written down here wrong. Dobbins is the one who faced eight top twenty defenses. Yeah, um, and and he still this year put up over two thousand yards on that. Um, so I think that does say something. I, yeah, and that could have been both of them because they're in the same – they're both in the SEC. Yeah, so it could have been played. both. Yeah, yeah I think both, they probably I'm was. Sure. I'm sure they both, both did. Had a, they played a lot of talent. And, you know, Keenan, it doesn't sound like you're number five there with the way you were talking. No, yeah, <laughs> I woke up, he was at five. But tomorrow I might go to bed. He might be at, at two. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I do like him. I really do. Like I, uh, I, Like I said, I was shocked that the Ravens took him. But – with the whole scheme that they run on offense, hey, you know. Yeah, they, I kind of expected that they would take a running back. And um, like, I, like I said, I have him at third. And the Ravens did lead the league last year in rush attempts with 37, which was almost five more than the second uh, closest. And, you know, Ingram had a very productive season last year. And I think, especially at the age of 29, that that's something Dobbins can definitely replic- replicate and that that would definitely bring double-digit touchdowns. And I, I think he's only going to bring a, a lot of good things to the Ravens' offense. I mean, he, he's got elite lateral lateral movement. I, oh, sorry, fellas. I can't talk right now. He's extremely efficient. He's durable. Uh, he, he also had a 2,000-yard season last year. And, uh, you know, I just – I think there's a lot going for him. But he does, he does uh, need to work on his pass protection. Uh, not too much with, with it being Lamar who runs a lot, but just in general, he, they're going to need someone to protect Lamar still. Um, and he, he is more explosive after the line of scrimmage more than it is before, but I, I think that having Lamar with that will also help him. So I'm really excited for, for J.K. Dobbins. And another guy I was really excited for uh, is actually DeAndre Swift, running back uh, for Detroit. Uh, he, he may not have the best landing spot as we'll talk about, but he was at least my number one and a lot of people's number ones going into the draft. He's five foot nine, two fifteen, And, uh, I'm a little lower than the other two guys. So I'm going to let you 
one of you two try to try to sell me first. Go ahead, go ahead, Eric. You, yeah, I'll go. I had him uh, ranked as my number three guy. Um, you know, this guy before before the draft, he was everybody's. I want to say pretty much clear cut number one, uh, talent wise. You know, he's got he's got good initial reads. He's got elite vision. Um, he's got great balance. Can take hits well. Um, he's got that dirty dead leg move. He's got that real smooth spin move. Um, you know, this, he could do it all. He's going to be a three down back. Um, I know, I know everyone's a little bit worried about carry on, but I think this clearly showed that they're ready to move on from carry on. Um, I think you could see a trade or maybe he's just their backup until his contract runs up. I don't know exactly what they plan on doing. Um, but but yeah, I'm not really too worried about that. He's he's much more talented than Carrion. Uh, I think they drafted him to be everything that they wanted Carrion to be. Um, and yeah, this is Patricia's guy. Let's hope he actually he actually sticks to that and and uses him. Yeah, you know, once again, I this guy just like uh, Dobbins, he goes up and down my board. Um, he's I got him at three as well. Um, just on talent wise, but you know, like you said, carry on does scare me. The other thing that also scares me is, is there going to be a new coach in Detroit? And are we going to be talking about them drafting their guy in Detroit? Yeah, they did say, I did hear that, uh, that I guess a lot of people in that organization just, just don't like Patricia. So that'll be interesting. So are we confident that, I might have to make an on an on camera move, Jonathan Taylor to three. I probably should have. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I had not I had think, him there. Like, but. like we said, I think our our rankings are going to go up and down as we talk and as as the off season moves on. But that's one thing that I'm concerned about because I I have a lot of stock in carrying on Johnson. I tried to trade him before the year started, and Antonio told me, you know, these guys these guys are scouting running backs, scouting running. I'm like, no, they're not. No, they're not. But now. Now I'm thinking, okay, is Patricia, if Patricia doesn't make it at the end of the year, is, are the new coaching staffs going to be scouting running backs in two years? And are you, do, you, are, do you have yourself another carry on John, Johnson situation in Swift? I hope not. I love, I love Swift. I think he is a better player than, than carry on. Um, I, hopefully he stays healthy, unlike carry on did. And like, like you mentioned, he is what they – what they wanted carry on Johnson to be eventually he might, I think out of the, this rookie class, I think he is the true, uh, uh, one of the true running backs that can be a, that can carry the load all three downs. And that's, that's where, that's where I'm at. I think just because of that alone, he's, he's, he deserves to be in your top three. Yeah. There, there is a lot of good things about him. I really love the player. And as I mentioned, I just hate the landing spot. You guys kind of hit on both the good and the bad. And I don't know. I, I just – I think he's going to be there, though, even when they switch over because he is that good. He really just does everything. Yeah, I'm you not know, too runs... worried about a coaching change. I think whoever goes in there is going to be absolutely excited to to have this guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they would. I just – you know, that, that's got to be in the back of your head as well. You know. Yeah, for sure. No, yeah, just, I mean, I just – I mean, Marlon Mack had a great few years before, you know, Frank Wright got in there and look what happened, you know. just That's true. And, and but like I, did, like I said, he was my number one going in. Um, he's down to, down to number seven overall for me, but he's at least my number four running back. 
I'm excited to see what he can do there, and I just I hope they cater to him. Uh, I really do. But speaking of cater to, uh, Cam Akers, drafted by the Los Angeles Rams, uh, yeah, you kind of a backfield. Up there, so why don't you start us off this time? Yeah, I've got him real high. So I mean, that's why I'm kind of hoping that he does get catered to, being into a a backfield there. But no, I really love this guy. He reminds me a lot of Joe Mixon. And I love me some Joe Mixon. He's 5'10", 217. Uh, he comes from Florida State, who had the worst, one of the worst offensive lines in all of NCAA. And, you know, he still can't have production through it. And I think he has fantastic instincts. He shows a lot of patience. His eyes are always forward. His feet are always moving. He barely ever gets negative yardage. Yeah, you know, he was hit at the line of scrimmage a lot. And, and was still able, like I said, to average over five yards a carry his senior year. Uh, he's got a nose for the red zone, too. He just – he sees daylight. Once once he hits a secondary, he's instantly trying trying to go for gold. And and I love that about him. He's extremely explosive. Uh, I mean, there are, there are a few negatives. He does need to work on his hands uh, a little bit. But I, I think that that's going to come because I think he's going to be rotated in anyways, especially uh, uh, on third down. Um, he was always in a lot of play action and shotgun, and the Rams, the Rams do run a good amount of that. So I am, I think that's a big reason because he's already fit in the scheme, and I think, uh, I think they really just, I think they love him over there, and I'm super excited for him. I also think he's going to get the starting role right away. I know I mentioned uh, they'll work him in, but at least the first and second down role. So that that's kind of why I have him all the way up there at number two. Is I think he has a super high ceiling. But uh, I think you guys are way too low on him. I, you know, these general managers and coaches are trying to screw me in fantasy, okay? I had Daryl Henderson, and I went into the draft. I'm like, there's no way they draft a running back. They invested so much capital in, in, running, in that running back position. They have Henderson. They have uh, Malcolm Brown, John Kelly. I'm like, they could roll with these three. And there they are taking Akers. Um, so the reason I have Akers so low is – it's just – it's going to be a committee. You know, you you might have him at one, Antonio, but is he, gonna, is, he, is he a one with 10 carries a game? I have him at one for the team, but he's two, my two overall. But Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant on, on their team. Well, I mean, absolutely. Like, they, they also, as I mentioned with, with running, uh, the Rams that ran the ball the third most times in the league. And even if even if you give – the other, other running backs, 15 carries. I mean, that still gives him almost 20 carries. I know that they had Gurley, but they want to run the ball. And I think he's going to be in line for 18 to 20 touches. I really do. I better have a two running back setback there with Goff in the backfield. Yeah. No, uh, this was uh, – I definitely like this landing spot. Um, like I said, I, I was going to like whoever ended up in the Rams. Um, and I like the game makers before. I don't think we're low on him. Um, these top five guys are just so good and they all have a pretty good landing spot. Um, and it's just, it's tough to put them any higher. I feel like, um, I mean, he obviously, he looks like he has a ton of potential, you know, he's explosive. Um, he's fast. He had a four, four, seven forty. Um, and you know, he's got that good vision. He can create a lot on his own. Um, and when you're trying to look for negatives in his game, 
you know, all you can all you can think is is that because of how bad his offensive line was. Um, and and he's just was that yeah in college in college yeah, but he's not going to a good offensive line in the NFL either, which is is also why, you know, I I can't really put him much higher because kind of like in college how you don't really know what his true potential was, you know. I mean, I do trust Sean McVay is going to be able to get you know everything he can out of him, but I I do think they need to work on that offensive line and and upgrade there um, for him to get ahead of these other guys. Yeah, I I know that uh, that you don't think that that sounds low, but I think that at least in my opinion, his path right now to that starting role compared with with Dobbins and Swift is more clear. And I agree. I, think that, I agree with you there. Um, I do think he's going to be the starter. So that's so I do see your point there, but it's. It's tough because I'm I, I never was a big fan of Henderson, so so I don't think he's gonna have a tough time tough time securing that spot. But yeah, the that, that team role. just in general is just not as good when they don't have a good offensive line there. I mean, obviously everyone's gonna be that way, but but Goff just folds under pressure. Um, you know, this just in general, just how is the whole team going to be? Um, you know, we'll see. I really thought they were going to upgrade that offensive line during this draft, but they. Yeah, that's what I was about to they, mention. When did they even draft? Did they even. What round was it that they drafted their first offensive lineman? I don't even know if they did. Uh, it, to be honest, no, they didn't. I'm going to double check now. Yeah, they yeah. had a running back, wide receiver, so, a linebacker, two safeties, and a tight end. Yeah. Which so, I do love that Bryson Hopkins pick on a short note. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just strange. I thought they were going to do something there. Um, I mean, I definitely love the landing spot still there with Sean McVay in that offense, but, but yeah, I just think he's again, like in college, I think he's going to be somewhat limited, but, but he's going to be a little bit more explosive than Gurley was last year. So, you know, maybe they'll be able to trust him a little bit more because I think Gurley was held back because of that knee. Um, Or I think, the team was holding him back because of that knee in a way, maybe um, he looked different too. So, so we'll see. He could be, he could be very good. I agree there. Anything you want to hone in on there, Keenan? I think uh, Biggie just covered it all. He took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> That's what I like to do. Awesome. Well then uh, why don't you get us moved over to, uh, finally a position change with our number six wide receiver. Yeah. And uh, talk to about uh, CD lamb wide receiver from Dallas. Yeah. My boy, you know, he's a big guy, you know, six, six, two hundred eighty nine pounds. Um, had a pretty good, you know, um, 13 games last year in college. I have him at, at four in my top 10. I, I just think it's a perfect fit. You, you know, I think that offense in Dallas is going to take the next step. Um, it's not, he's not going to be, he's not going to walk in there and have to be the number one for a long time with that big contract that they just signed Amari Cooper to. And as much as I hate to say, Dak Prescott has improved as the years have gone by. So, and now that, you know, they made a coaching change and Mike McCarthy has taken over, taken over the, I don't know if he's going to take over the play calling, but he's going to, he's the head coach over there and he, he's an offensive mind 
head coach. So I could see that offense taking the next step and definitely, definitely I, I could see him be, becoming a true number one, maybe not this year, but maybe two, three years from now as, you know, Amari Cooper gets a, a little older. But having Amari Cooper learn from and Amari Cooper to take pressure off him is going to just open up the field for him. Absolutely. And not only Amari Cooper, but they got Gallup there still too. Yeah. Um, he's he's going to be potentially facing the third best, the third best cornerback or whoever's guarding him. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, this guy, he's actually number five for me. I have him at five and acres at six. So, you know, maybe I'm a little low on acres, but you know, um, but for him, he's my number one running back or wide receiver. Sorry. In this class. Uh, he, he's great at everything. He's great after the catch. Did you know 1500 of its 3,200 total yards came after the catch? Um, which is, it seems crazy to me. You know, he's a good ball tracker. He's great at adjusting midair. Uh, he dominates the sideline. He's good at high pointing the ball. He's a good blocker. Um, you know, he reminds me a lot of Devonte Adams. Uh, I think, I think this guy's, He's going to be an elite wide receiver in the NFL. Um, and when you look at the contracts over in Dallas, Gallup's up after 2021, and Amari Cooper is no longer guaranteed after 2021. So a lot can happen uh, over the next two years. So, and I think he's a guy that can contribute now just because he's going to, you know, he's not going to be facing the top coverage. You know, he's just going to dominate. Um, so, so, yeah, I love him. I love him. I love him a lot too. I do have him at eight overall. Uh, he's my he's my third wide receiver, but I, I just my problem is where he is. And, and like you said, that's their contract up after twenty twenty one. That's two more seasons, and for me, that's just. But I, I but how long do wide receivers? You know, how long are you normally, you know, going to give wide receivers to develop? I mean, most of the time they're taking a couple of years to develop, anyways. Not all the time, obviously, but. You know, most of the time when you're drafting wide receivers, you know they're going to take a little bit of time to develop. And and I can agree with with all of that that you're saying, but kind of like the same argument with, with, with Gallup is like, oh, Gallup was facing the number two last year and he had some good games, but now it's like, okay, well, Gallup's facing the number two who has some good games. So now he's facing the third option. He's going to have some good games. Well, Amari has to get his good games in, and then Zeke has to. You know, Dak had 4,900 yards and 30 touchdowns last year. I don't know if he can throw for 4,900 yards again. He threw the ball 596 times, and Rodgers only threw over 600 times twice with Rodgers. Or, I'm sorry, McCarthy, when he had Rodgers, they only threw over 600 times twice. And I just don't know if there's enough to go around for the next two years, whereas you'll have, you know, Wes will mention yeah. a couple other receivers. It's not going to be like a – like you know, it's not going to be very consistent, but you're going to have those games where I feel like he's going to go off. He's going to have a couple multi-touchdown games, um, and he's just going to slowly develop over the year into a guy that I think he's going to overtake Michael Gallup at some point, um, even if it's not this year, at least next year. Like I said, Gallup's contract is up after 2021. You know, Cooper is not guaranteed after 2021. You know, in two years, this guy's going to be 23 years old. And yeah. he's going to be an elite wide receiver. Um, I mean, look at look at everyone, look at other people. Like I have him comp to Devontae Adams. 
Devontae Adams took a couple years to develop, you know. Uh, Hopkins took a couple years to develop. Um, Not all these guys come out like Mike Evans and just have thousand yards seasons right off the bat year after year. That's what I'm looking. I'm looking into two year, two three years in the future. I'm not looking this year. So I'm saying he's gonna be 23 years old. He's gonna be Prescott's number one target. Um, well, potentially, depending on what happens with Cooper at the time, if they depend, if they, they decide to trade him, or yeah. if they they're getting rid of Gallup or Cooper after twenty twenty one, that that that's pretty much a guarantee at this point. But I yeah, do um, I do love this for Dak Prescott. I think he's going to have a fantastic year. I think he will too. I just I don't know if he'll hit the five thousand yards or quite close there. Maybe again. not five thousand, but he's. I think he's going to be forty five hundred plus potentially. Yeah, I mean, 4, this offense. This this offense is going to be one of the scarier offenses in the league. Oh, absolutely! And, and, and like a, I said, it. It'd be nice yeah. if they. Had a Sorry. It'd be nice if they had a tight end. Yeah, I mean Blake Jarwin. He 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 might be on the spot for some more targets this year, but I don't think they need to get more targets right now. But the one thing I want to kind of mention is, like I said, Dak had forty nine hundred yards. That's just over three hundred yards a game on a sixteen game pace, but he only had over three hundred yards in seven of those games, so less than half. So that shows you how up and down he kind of was. So I don't know if I'm ready for that ride for the next two years when there's a few more wide receivers that I think can make a bigger impact right now. And one of those uh, I want to move over to is Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver from Minnesota, who I have as my number one wide receiver. And I just uh, am am enamored over this guy. Uh, I'm taking him pretty much at at 105 in non-super flex and probably 107 in in some super flexes. I'm just really excited for him. Uh, he's at LSU on the championship team. He's 6'3", 192. He's a big guy. He comps out to Juju Smith-Schuster from Pittsburgh. And I think he's going to be uh, a slot guy, uh, kind of how they how they had Diggs, uh, and they'll play him on the outside. You know, he played about 65% in the slot at LSU, but they had a lot of talent on the outside. Uh, he ran a 4-4-3-40, so he can run. He knows how to use that size. Uh, he just looks so smooth the way he uh, – just any time that he moves, he's got breakaway speed. Uh, he, he knows how to do it in every single way. You know, he, he can run multiple routes. He, he's great with the route tree. Uh, he does need to work on his second foot placement when he comes down with a catch. But, like, on the ground, he's just just fantastic. Uh, you know, he's also showed some great, great times where he can high point the ball and adjust midair. And – I don't know. Uh, I just I got so many good things to say about him. I think they did a great job with uh, trading away Diggs and then replacing him with someone that could potentially be that same level, if not better. And I think that's what he's going to do. And that's that's why I think he's my he's my number one wide receiver. So what do, what do you guys got to say about yeah. that? I I uh, I agree with everything you're saying. Um, I I really like this guy too. Uh, I potentially have him as my. I have him in my number two two wide receiver right behind CD right now. Um, I agree. They did a great job um, with replacing Diggs. Uh, obviously, I love Diggs. You know, I don't I don't think Jefferson is going to come in and just instantly be Diggs. He's going to take some time to, to uh, develop there. But, like, he's another one, you know, in two years. You know, he's going to be taking over that number one spot for Adam Thielen, who's on the other side of 30 now, too. Um, you know, this guy's great. He gets those 
he gets those contested catches. Um, he's good at creating separation. Uh, he, he just, you know, everything when he's out there, when you're watching him, it's just like, it looks easy for him in a way. And I don't know how much that is, you know, because of the offense he was in, or if it was just because of him, but it seemed like almost every play he was getting open and it was just easy for him. Um, and this guy, he was in the 90th percentile for contested catches. Like he caught that many of contested catches. Um, that that just doesn't happen. An NFL average is like the 45th percentile, I believe. Um, so, so yeah, being you know 50 percent over that. Uh, and how many guys in the slot can you say that about? Not so many. <laughs> that's that's why like he he's gonna go all over. And, and he could play I mean, he outside 18, in the slot. Yeah. He could do it all. He had 18 touchdowns. There was a there was a game, you know, not to interrupt you, but, you know, like I said, I love him. There was a game where he had three touchdowns, and, and all three of them were, were different ones. One when he split two defenders. One was a contested catch, and one he just made a fantastic route run that just got him open, and he bursted. I mean. And the thing about, and the thing about when you're looking at these wide receivers – and trying to predict, you know, how they're going to adjust to the NFL. Uh, two, some of the two biggest things you're looking for are contested catches and can they create separation, and this guy can do both. Um, so, yeah, I think he's, he's in a great landing spot. Um, he potentially could produce 70, you know, I think he can get probably in the 70 to 80, maybe even 90 target range. Not, not quite the 100 that Diggs had, I don't think, right off the bat. Um, but, you know, again, he's eventually going to take over there as the number one. Don't worry, Bills fans. Stephon Diggs, it will be better than him. But I think they, I think Minnesota drafted Kirk Cousins' um, best, new best friend. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins can be inaccurate sometimes. And you guys both touched on it as his him, – him able to grab the ball um, that are con- contested, as Eric said. However, his route running is what scares me. Um, he is really good in the slot, we mentioned. However, when he was put outside, he struggled. His route running needs to improve to become that true number one. Where in Dallas with um, Lamb, I think, I think he, he, can, he can possibly be a true number one next year if he was, if he was in a better landing spot than, than Dallas. So – that's that's where my thing is with him is if he can if he can improve his route running he he would he will be that true number one but if he doesn't improve that true number one he doesn't improve his route running where he can be used on the outside by the sidelines he's going to struggle being a true number one well i think they are going to help him out with that and i think he will make that jump and like you know eric mentioned he's a fantastic contested catch player so on the outside he's going to show that I know, like I said, he's got to work on that second foot placement when he comes down, but I think it's going to work for him. And route running, like I said, it's going to come. He is just so good in my mind, and he's just so polished with what he does. And like you mentioned, uh, well, like we were saying, you know, he had Burrow. Burrow threw 76.3% completion percentage. That's insane. And you know who else is, is really good at completing the football? Kirk Cousins. So yep. he had 18 touchdowns last year. Justin Jefferson did. So I'm really excited against for SEC it. defenses too. Yeah, the problem against is, is going to be there when, uh, when uh, you know he's a true number one. When he's a number hey, one, 
if not, then, you know, I, I think he's going to be that kind of player though, that he can create them himself. Like, like we said, I think, I think Juju showed a glimpse of what he could do with uh, below average quarterback play. And I think that's the same stuff Justin Jefferson can break out. So uh, I think we're going to move along to our number eight, and that's going to be another wide receiver, Jerry Judy. Uh, he got drafted by Denver. And I think we're going to let, uh, we're going to let Eric start us off talking about Jerry Judy. Yeah. Um, so pre-draft, I had this guy at number two um, ahead of Justin Jefferson, but uh, after the draft, I had to had to switch that up. Um, I don't know how much I like the landing spot in Denver. Uh, I mean, there's there's Noah Fant, there's Cortland Sutton, obviously, Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon. Um, how much can Drew Locke really really spread the ball around to these guys and and make multiple fantasy producers? Um, I think everything's going to rely on him. Uh, but, but, you know, when just talking about him, you know, he's the best route runner in this class, clearly. Uh, don't even think that's close. Um, he's got great agility. He's got those loose hips. He can change direction on a dime. Um, he's great after the catch, too. He's got those, he's got those dirty juke moves. Um, he creates separation. You know, this guy can really do it all. Um, you know, there are, there are some things when you're looking at the negatives in this game. Uh, he does need to play a little bit more physical, I think. Um, and some, and a lot of people are worried about the drops that he have. I do think most of them are more, you know, concentration drops that, that can be fixed. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. Um, but I'm not super excited about his landing spot. Um, but I'm still, I still have him as my number three, just because of the talent. I, I agree, Eric, you know, the landing spot is what scares me. If they had a better quarterback, that Denver Broncos team would be dangerous. All those and- yeah, and they drafted KJ Hamler in the second. It's just, you know, I, I. That's all I, I was going to mention. I hope for their case, you know, Drew Locke, you know, becomes who they think that, who they think he can become. But, um, you know, he he produced in Alabama with, with uh, different you know quarterbacks. He had Jalen Hurts there and and also Tua. So, I, maybe you know, I'm not saying Jalen Hurts and Tua are you know. I'm not saying Drew Locke is better than those two, but I'm just saying he's produced with two different quarterbacks where he can possibly just produce with Drew Locke as well. And if Drew Locke, if Drew Locke can find a way to, you know, spread the ball around that whole Denver offense is going to be dangerous. They will be dangerous, but, but like Eric mentioned, he's got to throw the ball more. Uh, I know it was a very limited sample size with Locke, but he only threw the ball 31 times a game. Yeah. And one of them, he actually threw over 40, so it kind of elevated it. Uh, I do think they're going to throw it a little bit more, but even even if they throw it 35 times a game and he's getting 30%, yeah. which is insane, nobody really gets that. Even if he gets 25% on 36 targets, that's you know that's not going to be bad, but that's not the production you're going to get. Well, that, let's not forget to mention also they have a true number one in Corlin Sutton. And well, exactly right. You know, how much? How much is? That that you know, true number one, going to take away from him, and there's two big factors there: Corlin Sutton and Drew Locke. Yeah, know, and so. Noah Fant. And I'm going to guess you know Hamlin's going to going to replace yeah. uh, Hamlin's going to replace uh, Deshaun so, Hamilton. So if you're drafting him, you're looking probably this is a future pick for you to see how it works out. 
Um, don't expect much for, from him this year, I would say. You guys agree? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for I mean, Judy. He can, he's going to be facing, you know, the second coverage. So, um, I mean, he has yeah. a lot of potential just because just cause of how talented he is. Um, and that's – that's but it, it really just comes down to how good Locke's really going to be. It's yeah. a very small sample size, which scares me for all the weapons there. Because, like you said, this could be a very good team. Uh, they still have a good defense that has Vaughn Miller, you know, leading, leading the charge there. Um, so they could be a competing team, but it depends what Drew Locke does. So if you're, if you're confident in Drew Locke, um, then, then I think you, you should be very confident in Jerry Judy. Yeah, I've currently got Jerry Judy statted for 92 targets, 62 catches. Uh, I got, I know, that's the thing is I got him for about 771 yards, but I've only got him for six touchdowns. So that sounds uh, about good there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm working on it. We're gonna see how that progresses through the off season. But um, the problem is they just, like I said, they just got to throw it more. But if that offense can develop, like you said, they'll definitely be dangerous as a whole. But you know, Cortland Sutton's gonna get his. Uh, and they're going to want to get the ball to Noah Fant, too. I, I, I think this is even worse for Sutton, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, Melvin Gordon. I mean, it could maybe help Sutton, actually, since since he has some well, – you know, he has another talented guy on the other side compared to what he had last year. Um, you know who, who should have went there? If the draft was before free agency, Tom Brady could have went there. Pulled a Peyton Manning. Yeah, wow, that would have been that would have made me probably sick to my stomach for not being yeah, a Broncos stop. fan. Yeah, that'd be kind of crazy. <laughs> well, uh, let's talk a little bit um, now about our number nine wide receiver, uh, Jalen Rager, also wide receiver, going to the Philadelphia <clears throat> Eagles, uh, drafting him. Uh, what was that number twenty two? I believe, right? Uh, yes. No. The Eagles were after the Bills, right? 22. Yep. Yeah, so uh, he's 5'11", 206. Uh, played at TCU with, uh, we'll call that very subpar quarterback play. Uh, ran a 4'4", so we know he's fast. Uh, and it kind of surprised some people with the pick, but I think that he actually fits really well with that offense. He reminds me a lot of Emmanuel Sanders, uh, kind of like Tyler Lockett. I really think he's going to be a player that, maybe can be very efficient on limited amount of targets. I think that he's going to go into that offense this year. He's probably going to see 90 to hundred targets. Uh, I really think that uh, Philly is going to throw the ball some more. And I think he might get used on special teams a little bit too. Uh, he does really well, really well in space. And he's a very, very high, uh, high yak guy. Uh, he's very explosive. And, and I think he's just going to go in there and, and do anything that they ask of him. Yeah. Um, I yeah, think sorry. I think this is someone that that Eagles team has been missing for a while. They tried to do it with Deshaun Jackson, um, try to bring him back for what the third time, and uh, you know he couldn't stand the field last year. And I think this is what they were missing—a quick, speedy wide receiver that can you know make that can make you know thirty-yard catches and take him to the house, or you know catch catch a five-yard out and take it to the house. So I think this is exactly – this is a perfect fit for him with, you know, Carson Wentz running up, running the offense. And um, who's their offense? Who's their coach? Uh, Peter Peterson? Peterson, yeah. yeah. 
I they're gonna he's gonna find a way to use him and he I think he he landed in a better spot than than the other two wide receivers that we talked about, but just on talent wise, that's why we had I had him a little lower. Yeah, um I actually I I wasn't as high on Rager before the draft. Um but now I actually I love the landing spot. Um I, I really like what his potential could be in here. Uh, he's he's very fast. He's got good bursts. He uh, he he's not a huge guy, but he does run strong. Um, you know this guy. He for five eleven, he can high point the ball. He's got a forty two inch vertical. Um, and what some people don't know is he he actually had a, a workout in Houston where he apparently ran a four two eight and a, I heard a four two two also. I don't know how true that is. I mean, it's obviously unofficial, I believe. Yeah, um, I heard that as well. But take, but take apparently did it. There are there are NFL scouts that were there that that say you know it did happen. Um, so his forty time at the at the combine was a little disappointing, but it was still very good, obviously. But for what what they were saying, he could do. Um, but did you actually know? You know he was playing with a freshman quarterback who was not very good. Thirty point seven seven percent of his targets in two thousand nineteen were accurate. And wow. then that's it. Yeah, so, I did say subpar. I was he, being very generous. People, <laughs> people want to say that he didn't really Max produce Duggan much. Is a good but quarterback? was that? I don't think Max Duggan is a good quarterback. Yeah, but but people are worried about saying you know he didn't have a ton of production, but but that's what he was working with. He had a much better season in 2018. Um, uh, yeah, yeah the, I just think that offense this year just just really held him back. Um, uh, but you know there there were some also the other things you know when the when the ball you know wasn't going his way it does look like he took some plays off got a little lazy yeah he definitely got frustrated with the quarterback play on some of the plays yeah he, yeah. And he showed it on the field um, but but now I, he's going to Carson Wentz so yeah, I don't think so Carson I think I think things are going to be much better for him um, and and yeah I, I like this landing spot for him. Yeah, I really, I really do think it's a great spot. I don't think he's going to be a true number one. I think he's going to need that, that number one on the side for him all the time. But I think he's going to be uh, real good against uh, against those number twos. Yeah. So uh, let's let's get to our our, our final uh, our final spot here, our number ten, and it is going to be Joe Burrow, uh, the number one overall pick, quarterback to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, former tiger from LSU. So Keenan and I uh, are a little higher on him than uh, Eric is as Keenan flashes the, the borough LSU Jersey. Um, hey, no, but this is pretty easy. I mean, to have a number one for our quarterback, but to get him into the top 10 uh, and we really think that, uh, you know, he's going to be extremely impactful. And, and at least speaking for me, the, the man had one of the best, season well the best statistical season in NCAA history so I think he's going to translate to a really good offense uh at least on paper wise I don't think many quarterbacks can go in and you know have a veteran wide receiver who who was elite and uh would like to show those pieces in AJ Green you have Tyler Boyd coming into his own John Ross a former top 10 pick Joe Mixon's a great running back that line's getting healthy I mean there's a lot T. Higgins also drafted in their se- in the second round. I think they're stacked, and not many rookie quarterbacks can say they walked in 
into an offense that can be a powerhouse like that. And hopefully, you know, last season for that coaching staff was just a fluke and they got lucky by being able to draft Joe Burrow. And I think, I think Antonio, you mentioned it the other day when we were, when we were discussing, I think he can be better than Murray from Arizona. I really do. I think he's gonna, he flashed, he had such a great season. I, I'm not an LSU fan, but watching him play last year was just, I, there's so many jaw dropping plays. I think in the playoff game, he, there was like four guys around and he spun around, took two steps forward and threw like a 65 yard um, pass down the field. Unfortunately, he got called back. I don't know if you guys remember it or not. Um, I think it was a championship game. It, it was just, it was one of the more entertaining quarterbacks to watch in my 29 years of living on this beautiful earth of ours. It, it was obviously, a, it was a great season. One of the best in history. Um, and he's going to be probably a fantastic quarterback in the NFL. Um, if it was a super flex league, you know, he's obviously the one one but for me in a one QB league, I just, I can't get him into my top 10. Um, He's not even in my top, you know, 12, 13 either. I think there's just – there's so many skill position guys that are going to be very impactful, um, and they're just – there's still guys on, on the board that that have great landing spots and have so much potential that uh, I just I just think you need to take them um, uh, over a quarterback right now, especially in a one QB league, just, just because. The problem know, is how confident are you that – any of those players behind him that we have them that that we've ranked behind him are going to be as successful as Joe Burrow will be in the NFL. Yeah, I mean Eric, the guys the guy averaged almost 400 yards, over 400 yards and four touchdowns a game. I mean, I'm not I know he was in a pro offense, but I just I'm think not trying I'm not be, so right, right so no, yeah, wanna... hear, me, hear me out for one second. Hear me out for one second. Mm-hmm. So I just I think that he's going to be a top 10 quarterback. And I think that a quarterback that has that kind of capability, and that's just even, you know, I think that's even for the very near future, long-term, he could, I really think he could hit the top five. And I think that kind of a quarterback later, you know, deserves to be drafted in the first round. Yeah. Uh, especially in, you know, 10 or 12 team, 10 or 12 team leagues. I, um, but I can understand also, having him lower. After next year, he's not going to have AJ Green. Uh, is T is T Higgins going to be good? You know, a lot of people don't think he's, he's really going to be anything that great in the NFL. Um, I mean, at first, at first he was very high on people's boards, but throughout the combine, the draft process, he fell a lot. Um, obviously he was drafted on top of the second round, but so he didn't drop, you know, too far, but he's no AJ green. Um, so he's going to have Higgins, uh, Tyler Boyd, Next year, obviously Joe Mixon, as long as they can uh, extend him to a contract for the future. Um, I mean, I just, I, I obviously I see the upside, I see all the potential, but I do think there is still a world where he's not as great as you guys say. Um, he's gonna take time to develop. Um, just, just, I mean, is that offensive line going to stay healthy? Healthy, you know. We obviously hope they're going to, but. You know, when this guy when this guy doesn't have a good offensive line, when they're not blocking six guys, he does struggle. So let me put, let me put you on the spot. Do you think Joe Burrow has a worse season than Murray did last year? 
a worse season. Murray had a pretty good season though, fantasy wise. I'm saying um, this is yeah. I like Kyler Murray definitely ahead of him for fantasy purposes. Well, I'm, just I'm just because the the rushing two rookies. If you're comparing his rookie year and Joe Burrow's rookie year, who has a, who had a better rookie year? Just a prediction. Um, if you got to think about it, Joe Burrow has. Maybe, to all right, that's fair. Well, I, well, well. Here's my argument against it. You know, it's just because it's a one QB league. If it was super flex, you know, he's the one on one. But yeah. for me, when I'm when I'm you know constructing my roster, if I got a guy like Henry Ruggs who was just drafted 12th overall on the board, um, I'm gonna take him, and then I'll have the 11th best quarterback. I'm I'm fine with that. Uh, we obviously know in in a one QB league that. You you can make that work. You can have you can have a couple of guys that are you know ten through twenty, and you can and you can you can make it work for your QB. I'm not I'm not really too worried about that for a one QB league. Antonio, just remember this well, conversation when uh, be, when Eric's looking for a quarterback in the future. Well, well, how about this? Let me, yeah, I will. But let me ask you this right now. How about Go look this? at would my teams. Rather, and, was that so? Would you rather have Jared Goff or Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Would you rather have Matthew Stafford or Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Would you rather have Aaron Rodgers or Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow. Burrow. One more. Would you rather have Matt Ryan or Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Do one more. Who's the next guy? Carson Wentz. Joe Burrow. Right now, I'll take Carson Wentz. Okay, I'll ask the next one, Baker Mayfield. Joe Burrow. I'll take Baker. Oh All right. So it stops for you, Eric. That would give that would make Joe Burrow your quarterback ten. Okay, that's fair. That's where he had him though. He said he could have him at eleven too. Yeah, I mean. No, so I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying, I'm saying, if Burrow is ten, I'm fine having the eleventh or twelfth best quarterback and taking one of these and taking Henry Ruggs because, for example, Henry Ruggs is in my top ten. Um, so I, I'd rather take Ruggs, and then. Like like I said, have the eleventh or twelfth or even thirteenth best quarterback. Because well, while Murray you're is- while you're moving over to rugs, why don't we transition to that? Then how about this? You know, <clears throat> let's let me ask you a question then, as you've already answered. But who who wasn't in uh, your who, who's in your top ten that wasn't in our consensus? And you're saying, uh, you know, would Henry Ruggs be on that list? Yeah. So yeah, like I said, he he would be in my top ten. Um, uh, I, I mean, this guy, like I say, he was drafted 12th overall. Um, you saw Tyrell Williams go into that offense, and, and he he put up some good games. Um, and obviously, I think Henry Ruggs is much more talented. Uh, they did, you know, they do have Brian Edwards also. They drafted a, a couple guys. They have Hunter Renfro. Um, and how good is Derek Carr? Uh, I think he's fine. I think he's a little bit underrated compared to what other people think. Um, but if you look at Hug, uh, Ruggs, he's the fastest guy in this draft by far. Um, he's got great hands. He has those big hands everyone was raving about. Um, you know, he had just over 120 targets, and he only had three drops. All right, that that that's very good. He plays physical for his size. He can high point the ball. He's, he, he also had a 42-inch vertical. Um you know, he, he might have some trouble with some more physical cornerbacks in the NFL, 
but his speed can kind of mess that and he can he can figure that out um he was third all time for Alabama with touchdowns um for his career there and another one another thing that I'm looking at for wide receivers when you're trying to you know predict what they're, how they're going to adjust to the NFL you're also looking at you know are they bringing in those touchdowns are they making those plays um and you know he's he's a big play guy who can get those touchdowns and and yeah I think he I think he's going to do great there well, who's going to give him the ball is the problem. Yeah, that's, the, that's the question with me. You got, you know, Derek Carr there now, but we all know that John Gruden loves Mariota for some reason. That's that's yeah. the thing. I, can, that's you fair. Trust, can you trust Gruden? I feel like they're all over the place with 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 what they're doing. You know, they they acquired all these draft picks with by making all these trades and stuff by you know trading. Um, Middle linebacker, drawn a blank. Cleo uh, Mack. Yeah, Cleo Mack. And then, and, and you know, just you, they acquire all these draft picks, but then they just replace these players that they could have They could have had all these superstars. Um, they had Amari Cooper, traded him away. It just – can you trust them? I feel like they're all over the place, him and uh, Mack. Yeah, I feel like they well, wanted to go ground I up, do. though. And that's yeah, why because... they wanted to get Mariota because, you know, Mayock – had him as his number one quarterback in 2015. Yeah. And Derek Carr, neither of them drafted. So, I don't know. Everything's been fresh. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I mean, he signed – or Gruden signed a big, long contract there. Uh, they Ten said years. they were starting over. They they were getting rid of what was there, and they got their guys. Yeah, Mike Mayock was a draft expert before he, he, he started there with the uh, Raiders. Yeah, draft expert. Um, I'm a um, had some questionable picks just, so far, but yeah, no, I, I hear you. yes, but but still, everybody, you know, he was on ESPN yeah. or wherever, you know, wherever it was, he was. Eric, you could be on ESPN too. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. You know, but but yeah. what I'm saying is, he took this guy as the number one wide receiver, 12th overall. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna use him. They're um, definitely gonna use him, Eric. I. That's where I will. You know, I I'm scared when it comes to the quarterback situation. So we all agree that it takes a little longer for wide receivers to adjust to develop in the NFL. Now, if this year blows up in their face with Derek Carr and Higgins and Derek Carr and Mariota, are they going to draft another quarterback? How long is it going to take to develop that quarterback? How long is it going to take to develop to get chemistry between him and Higgins? Where or, I'm not Higgins. I'm sorry. Um, Rugs. 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 Where this is why I have Higgins at number eleven is where they drafted their quarterback, they not, and then they drafted a wide receiver the same year as they drafted Burrow. They're going to develop them together and develop that chemistry. So now is Ruggs going to get that – is Ruggs going to take a year – take extra years to develop because he's waiting on that quarterback to develop? Do you know? All right, yeah, that, that's Very a fair true. point. That's a fair point. Um, I guess for me – I'm just a little bit higher on Derek Carr than consensus. I do think he's a pretty good guy. He was playing through some injuries. Then the Oakland Raiders. I'm, I'm, high on, I'm high on Derek yeah, Carr. He, I think, yeah, he, he hasn't had, you know, very good weapon. I mean, he had Amari Cooper, obviously, but um, I mean, I those Derek first Carr couple years, he was pretty good. You know, yeah, he was – he was. Yeah, but, but it was um, a different team, different roster, different system that I just don't think they think that they can't get his ceiling and they can get it with, with Mariota. And I think uh, another team that thinks they can get the ceiling out of another player is the Bengals with T. Higgins. Why don't you talk about uh, why don't you talk about him, Keenan? 
Well, I, pretty much, I, I just love that they drafted a, a running a quarterback and a wide receiver to go with with the weapons that they have there. They're going to develop these two guys together, and they're going to hope that both of them in two years, two two years, three years or so are are the you know the the two superstars of their team. Um, he's going to go in there. He's going to learn from AJ Green, Tower Boyd. I I feel you know he had a great college. He had great. He had played great in Clemson. You know, he's a big wide receiver. I just don't – I'd i rather take my chances with him, I guess. And you know me, Eric, before the draft, I was not a big Higgins fan until he – until the landing spot with Cincinnati. I feel like they surround – they have him surrounded by so many weapons where he doesn't need to be that number one right away. Where Oakland and the other – Oakland is a few years behind and they're going to rely on, on – um, why can't I get this guy's name? Oh my God. What was Ruggs. the drugs? Yeah. Oh my God. I'm sorry. We're going to rely on rugs right away. And where Higgins is going to have that luxury of developing with proven veterans around him. That's why I have him at number 11, but it's a, it's a coin flip. Um, who knows? Yeah. He's, he can be really good there. Um, I, a lot of people did comp him to AJ green, so it's kind of funny that he went there and he's going to learn under him for a year. So I really do like that for him. Um, pre-draft, I did have Higgins as my fifth uh, receiver. So not necessarily low on him. Um, I think this oh, okay. just shows how deep this class really is at wide receiver. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, he's, he's a guy who, who he can be that number one guy um, do I think he's necessarily going to be that in the NFL? Um, maybe, maybe developing for a year under green, you know, he could pick some things up and, and really, really, uh, really, uh, break out next year and, uh, be something good, but you know, um, we'll, we'll have see to see how that goes. We'll have to revisit this conversation in three years. In three years, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't think AJ Green's going to be there after this year, though. Well, no, so, which which wide which rookie wide receiver is going to have a better better development and be better? Yeah, I think Higgins definitely needs some time, but I think he'll be really good in the end zone. I think he'll have a nice impact. I think he'll be kind of like what Mike Williams is doing with the Chargers last few years. I think that's what T Higgins will provide at least uh, at least till he gets his feet wet. All right, Antoine, uh, yeah, Higgins and Rugs. Why don't you tell us about your guy? Yeah, I got I got LaVisca Chenault. Uh, he's uh, the wide receiver drafted at Jacksonville. And uh, I actually think he's in line to potentially see the most targets of any rookie this season. He's 6'1", 227. He's out of Colorado, so he doesn't he doesn't have that uh, you know, big name big name school. Uh, ran a four five eight forty, but I mean the guy just he he shows production with the team. In 2018, 2018 was his best year. He he had 55% of the team's offense. He actually had seven rushing touchdowns as well that year. So, I mean, the guy did everything. There was a seven-game stretch uh, where he had 70 catches, 882 yards, and six touchdowns. I mean, that's 100 yards and 100 – sorry, that's a, 10 catches and 170, 170 yards a game. So. That's kind of crazy, and uh, almost a touchdown. He he, he went off. So um, I think that there's a chance that in Jacksonville he's going to pair well with DJ Chark, uh, whether it's Minshew or whomever they see going forward. 
I, I don't necessarily have to trust him, but I think if Chenault can see 120 targets, which I think is possible, he can get 70 catches. And oh. with 70 catches, I think that he can get close to 1,000 yards and uh, seven or eight touchdowns. So I'm really excited to see what he can do. Uh, but uh, they yeah, definitely they let go of a few wide receivers this, this offseason. They did some cleanup and uh, the roll with uh, him, Conley, and uh, DJ Shark. How upset were you when he got drafted in the second round a little before the Bills? Who, Chanel? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I knew we probably – the Bills probably weren't going to go Chenault. So, I mean, he's excited. I mean, really, I would love that they got Swifts. That would have been great too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, that, that would have been nice. I think he would have been a good piece. But, no, I'm really excited to see what Chenault can do. I'm not overly excited he went to Jacksonville, but – Target wise, I think I think he can uh, he can produce kind of as Chark has been doing, and uh, so let's move over just to another quick question about the running backs. Who do you think uh, has the worst timeshare for twenty one for twenty twenty of these running backs? The worst timeshare is probably going to be J.K. Dobbins. Uh, he is my number two running back, but. Uh, that's for dynasty purposes. So, I mean, this year is going to be rough with Mark Ingram there. Um, you know, I mean, Ingram's on the other side of 30. I think he's going to start slowing down. Um, I do think Dobbins could even take him over this year potentially. But it's it's going to take some time, and you're you're going to be a little bit frustrated in the beginning half of the year for sure. I uh, – I um... – I'm sorry here. I have Swift. I think, you know, they already invested a second-round pick in carry-on and now a second-round pick in Swift, where I feel like they're going to use carry-on if he's not traded. That's why I feel no matter no matter what they're going to have to use carry-on, they're not just going to let him sit on the sidelines. So I think I think there there's a little issue there for this year. But I think by next year, Swift will be the number one for sure. I don't think Carrion is there. Just like, you know, J.K. Dobbins probably takes over Ingram this year or next year. So, eventually, I think I feel like both of these would be true number ones. And I think Ingram, I think if they, I think if they cut him, it's a low cap hit. So, look for a surprise cut at training camp if, um, you know, Dobbins produces early. Yeah, they could save yeah. $4 million if uh... – Post uh, June first cut, so maybe maybe even before training camp opens. Yeah, it'd be real interesting to see uh, if or when that does happen. But I, I do have J.K. Dobbins as well, uh, like Eric. But I I kind of think that that's with that expectation that Ingram's gone as well, but that Lamar Jackson's still there and Justice Hill's there. So I think that he's going to always be sharing with Lamar, which will kind of be a struggle. But uh, as long as they can keep running as much as they do, he'll always you know, kind of get his, but, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm intrigued to see what happens during this off season with all these backs. That's for sure. And, uh, that's going to wrap up our top 10. That's going to wrap up, uh, all of our rankings for, for our show today. Our inaugural number one is Keenan starts sipping on that champagne. Yeah. I, I, um, opened it up a little earlier, went everywhere, but you know, we've been working hard. So I figured I'd get, you know, the finest here. Jay, Roger, you know, four ninety nine from the local liquor store here. So, you know, I just want to, you know, toast to you guys and toast to our listeners. Um, I think, uh, I think our first show went real well. And uh, absolutely, 
I'm looking forward to uh, producing more shows in the future with you guys. So toast to you guys. Cheers, guys. Yeah, cheers. I'm really excited for uh, for more to come. And uh, and with that, I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap up tonight's episode. So welcome everybody to the mafia. I hope you enjoyed the show. And uh, I can't wait until next time. Absolutely. So anything else we got from uh, you fellas? Nothing. Uh, huh? Everyone be safe out there, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Cool. All right, guys. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. You can follow the podcast at Dynasty Mafia underscore FF. You can follow me at Antonio underscore Denisi. That's D-O-N-I-S-I. You can follow Eric at Eric Denisi and Keenan at Keenan underscore 716. Mafia out. Thank you.